From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Stay tuned after the show for a brief announcement. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, folks. Uh, Scott Jackman was unable to join us this week, but <laughs> Sean Jackman is going to be here. Ah, that's Scott. <laughs> Ah, always one step ahead of me. And uh, Maddie McLean has graciously agreed to join us as well. Once again. I'm Jonathan Moriarty, and it's time for Guru Voodoo, the last Tuesday of the month, where we put forth a situation where the game guru has to work their voodoo and find just the right game for a peculiar situation. And this week, we are presenting you with The Guru's Nightmare. And The Guru's Nightmare is... Uh, we just want something fun. That's all they give you. <laughs> That's it. You ask them what games they like. Oh, you know, pretty, kind of anything, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And you press them for specifics. Are you looking for something, you know, social or interactive? Yeah. Or... <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's sure. You ask them what games they've played before, what they like. Oh, they just rattle off a list of all the games that absolutely everybody in the Western world has played. So you yeah. learn nothing from, oh, you know, Monopoly, Scrabble, Yahtzee. Trivial Pursuit, you know, Clue, Risk. And yeah. you ask what kind of a mood they're in, it's like, I don't know, just anything that's good, you know? We just want to have fun. Yeah. Do you have anything fun? It's like, oh. I, you know, I don't do as much guruing as you guys do, but I mean, to me, sometimes that's like a blank slate opportunity, you know? It really can be, you know? Because uh, folks like that are new to this. That's, that's a fresh canvas, you know? You can introduce them to some pretty amazing stuff. But even so, with nothing to work with, it's uh, you, know, you, you could bring out something that's a, that's a f fantastic game that you really, yeah. really like, and it can go over like a lead balloon. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. let's start with you, Maddie. What do you do? Run. <laughs> <laughs> and after they grab you and tie you down and bring you back to the table, what do you do uh, next? That's pretty much it. Uh, no. <laughs> There's there's a, something really interesting about people who come to the to specifically snakes and lattes because they come to us knowing that we're an environment that's fun, we're engaging, we're friendly, we're sarcastic all the time. <laughs> that might just be me. I don't most know. of the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but there's no asterisks. They're not actually sarcastic all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, there's a specific action that people come and they're expecting to. People like that come and they either want to play something they know already, or they want something completely new. But I've, usually what I'll do is I'll go to the wall, I'll grab a couple selections that I really enjoy that are very junior level. Games like Spot It or games like Hey That's My Fish or games like if it's two players I will always get Batik because I know where to go from there. There's yeah. easier, there's harder, but there's always something to start with. And at least then you have that gateway, you have that in with them and you say, is this good, is this bad, do you like it, do you hate it? And usually they'll go bring it back to the wall and play cards against humanity for a couple of hours. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So these, these, the, mention, the games that you mentioned are all pretty short. And uh, so that, that, that's a trick that you use. Bring, some, bring something really short, gauge their response to that, and figure where to go from there. Because mm -hmm, it's, a, it's a test to see whether or not they're there for the game or for the social interaction. Because if they're playing Hey, That's My Fish for four hours, I know they're probably not there for the game. It is a wonderful game. But it's not something that is meant for that long a period of time. Mm. So they are there just for the social interaction. So maybe bringing them a party game like Five Second Rule or Taboo or something easy to grab where they're there for each other. If they want something else after 10 minutes, I know, hey, I have something to work with. Do you want lighter or heavier? You mentioned Batik a moment ago. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that game? 
Batik or Batik? Batik. It's B A T I K. I have no idea what the correct pronunciation of this. I like to pronounce it differently every time I say it. That's a good idea. Catch on. The great thing about this game is it is literally a frame with two panels of glass held up on the sides by two wood pieces. And it has all these shapes straight out of uh, some fancy cutout from the 1920s. <laughs> and what you do is you literally drop these pieces in a frame, and the first one who can't fit their piece in loses. It is the abstract version of Cockroach Poker. It is great. It is fast. I love it. I play it all too much for what it is. <laughs> it's super but, quick, too. Oh, man. It's over in like two minutes. Yeah. It's pretty, too. It's a nice oh, looking beautiful. game. It's a really nice sort of coffee table game. Yeah. So, um, and, and what are some, some directions that you would typically tend to see? Suppose we've got our table for four. You've brought them a couple of the games you mentioned before. You brought them, hey, that's my fish, or, uh, or one of the others in that category. And uh, what, what are some signs that you will use? What are some cues that you see from them after that first game that can lead you in, uh, to something a bit more specific? Well, it's what elements of the game did they enjoy? Did they enjoy the theme? Are they enjoying in the gameplay? Do they like backstabbing each other? Do they not like backstabbing each other? Do they want to get along? Do they want a game that's cooperative? There are many different avenues to go from giving them a breadstick game and then seeing how they react. And if they uh, continue to be blank slates? I run. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the original strategy. <laughs> it's, it's time tested. Yeah. All right, Sean, your turn in the hot seat. It's the uh, guru's nightmare. What do you do? All right, so, I mean, that to me, like I said, is, is kind of like an opportunity, po possibly because I don't get to teach quite as much, but... Also, because I try to read people, and I try to, I, I, I do try to get something out of them, and if I can't, I will bring them things that I enjoy to teach, and games that I know I can teach well. Like Maddie, like, I'll start off with games that are shorter to gauge your reaction to them, but I think the most important thing in a situation like this is picking a game that you know you're going to leave them uh, understanding. Okay, don't don't try to overwhelm them if you don't have the sense that they're ready for that So what I would do is try to find something I'm super confident on the teach of I know I've had success in the past like it's a pretty universally liked game such and, as um, Ones I will go with are like spotted or ghost splits uh, love letter for some people depending on the size um, sometimes for big groups, I'll do something like resistance because I can teach resistance really well. And it's a super easy sell to people, you know, like it's easy to tell people, you know. Yeah, the campfire game, you know, you know that some of you are spies and yeah. you're trying to figure out who you can trust and who you can't trust. Yeah, I get them to the point very quickly where everybody's closed their eyes and the spies get to open their eyes. And at that point, it's just like it clicks, you know. You kind of got them by then. Exactly. And so... It may not be the best approach, like it's not going to be the best approach for every table. I probably wouldn't start res with resistance, certainly not if they hadn't give me enough to feel right. confident so about that. If, if, if it's the nightmare and you haven't got a sense yet. Yeah, if it's the nightmare, I'm going to pick something like, uh, like I said, like Spotted Ghost Blitz, uh, Can't Stop, or uh, Fandubal. So uh, just a press your luck game. Yeah, yeah, something that can, that can house a lot of people that the rules that they will understand the rules too, and that even if they don't like it, it's short enough and it's got enough of a hook to it that they'll probably play it through. And if you can get them to that point, you can probably draw more out of them because they'll tell you what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. And and often I find like if you can get them through that first game to the point where they you've kind of built up, you know, maybe a bit of a relationship or a bit of trust, they'll they'll be more willing to trust your next. 
suggestion. I think they might be more willing to open up as well. I mean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I think that there's a little bit of an intimidation with uh, people because you know they see the gurus as uh, these game experts, and so nobody wants to look silly, not not mm. being overly knowledgeable. So so they'll be very safe in the information they give you. And you know, after after you know, like having learnt a new game and and learned that it's not. Uh, too intimidating and that we're you know there to be above all else like an assistance to them I think that yeah like they'll open up more to you and you'll get a better gauge after that first game that's what that's why like like and maybe they're opening says, up more to themselves too yeah, you know get to the point where they're relaxed enough that yeah. they can actually express a genuine preference yeah without fear that uh, that they're going to look bad or yeah. uh, in front of the guru I mean, yeah. it's, like, gosh, it's, it's weird I mean we always try to smile a lot you know, yeah. and, and be as friendly and approachable as we can be. But you're right; it's uh, that 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 level of expertise with this sort of esoteric kind of yeah. subject is it, it can be intimidating. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it, if you can get them past that point of of that first game, uh, it's going to do a lot of things for you. It's going to help them articulate what they like and didn't like about that game, uh, and and maybe they'll be able to compare it. If if I give somebody spot it and they say you know what we want something more like risk that is kind of it's it's a super wide range but it's at least a range it's more than you, you had know? before exactly exactly and certainly a better sort of point of departure yeah absolutely yeah. my tactic when faced with a situation like this is to fight generic with generic you know, they're uh, they've, they've picked the, uh, the the most easy most obvious choices from the world of games that most people have heard of but the uh, you know the stuff you can find at toys R Us and walmart and fight it, you know, deal, reach the, rise up to the challenge by bringing out the most generic and obvious games from inside the world of those who know these games. Yeah. So I'll bring them a party game, I'll bring them a word game, and I'll bring them a family game. And the three that, uh, that sort of come to mind first are Say Anything, Ticket to Ride, and Word on the Street. Now, Say Anything is such an easy party game, but... It's got a bit more to it than Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples because you get to write your own answers there. So they get a chance to really express themselves. If you, if, if, after I've explained how this game works, and it only takes a second, say, all right, I, I read a question, everybody else writes down an answer, I secretly pick my favorite, and the rest of you bet on which one I picked. Yeah. If that gets their eyes lit up, then you can tell that Say Anything is going to be a hit for that group. Same thing with Word on the Street. Okay, we lay out the street in between you like this, you split into teams. And when your team is up, you flip a card that's got a category of thing on it, like countries in Europe or breeds of dogs or whatever. And your team has to come up with a nice big long word that fits that category. And each letter that's in that word gets pulled one space closer to your side of the street. And you're trying to pull these letters like in a tug of war over to your side. And if that gets them going, you know, if they're fans of Scattergories or Scrabble or other word games, then, uh, then that'll tend to get them quite confident and ready to play. Take it to ride. Uh, if, they, if they're looking for more of a gamer's game, then, you know, there's that bright, colorful map of the United States and Southern Canada. There's the little plastic trains you get to put there. Yeah. There's the cards yeah. you get to collect. Yeah. What I really like about that game is it includes Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It, includes, it includes the Sioux. It's got all these awesome little things in there. And uh, if they're looking for something that's, uh, that, that's more of a traditional board game, board game type yeah. of thing, it's, it's, it doesn't have dice and you don't roll and move. But even so, it sort of shows where you've come from. If you want, if you want to go along that path of Clue and Monopoly and... And risk and so on. That's a really good accessible way to go from there. 
It's good. It's good that you've got sort of like a, a standard stable of games that you would go to in that situation. And they literally are go-to games. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Find, exactly. I think you'll find all gurus kind of have those ones in our back pocket. Actually. Yeah. These are the games that we can pull out at any time and be like, this is what we enjoy and we want to share this with you. Yeah. yeah it's kind of an exemplar of that style of game too. Like if you want a family game, boom, there it is. If you want a party game, a word game, sort of having examples yeah. of each thing that most people, particularly the ones who won't be able to say all that much about what, uh, what, the, what they want to play, have not heard of. And that if they're interested in something like that, they'll be able to quickly catch on, yes, this is the kind of thing that we want. Yeah. So that's how we deal with the nightmare, folks. And not, not necessarily an encouragement. Please do not troll the game gurus. You know, next time you come in. <laughs> Please it's, don't. It's really, really mean. As, as, much, do, yeah. as much information as you can give, of course. It's, it's, it's uh, besides, you know, it's, if, if I just have to bring out Say Anything to get to write a word on the street every single time, if Maddie has to bring out Batik every single time, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's true. We, we, don't, we don't mind bringing you into it. It's, that's part of what we live for, is seeing where it's going to go from there. Now, that's what makes the job so enjoyable, is seeing players' eyes open to this new world of stuff that's out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, don't troll us. Don't do that on purpose. It's just, uh, it's not nice. It's a crimes against humanity. Oh. <laughs> See you next time at Snakes and Lattes. I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie McLean and Sean Jackman. See you guys. Game on. Are you a Ticket to Ride player? Snakes and Lattes is holding our Ticket to Ride tournament on Monday, March 3rd. Have some fun playing the fastest selling hobby game in the world. Win prizes and even qualify for a seat at the North American Ticket to Ride Championships at Gen Con this summer. Get your tickets at snakesandlattes.com slash events. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.